let me tell you about sweat block. Um, you know, you have that dream where you're standing in front of a big group of people in your underwear. Pretty embarrassing. But, uh, you know, even more embarrassing is being in your underwear and then sweating and the drips just start rolling down the sides of your your uh, chest. I, I'm pretty sure the underwear thing is actually a slightly worse than the sweating thing. Do but you? Yeah. People that, might understand that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They might always well, stand in his underwear. So, of course, he's sweating because he looks like a door. Anyway, yeah. uh, the best um, deodorant stick I've ever tried uh, and the best uh, antiperspirant I've ever had is comes from sweat block. I mean, now that we have sweat block, can we not keep the studio at 12 degrees? No. You're not going to sweat. You have sweat no, block. No, I sweat on my forehead. And- but put the sweat block on your forehead then. You know, you Get can do that. Get in touch with the I people at Sweatblock and to... have them invent something else. No, they have it. I mean, they they, you can it. use the wipes and they, you know, they don't recommend it, but you could put it all over your entire body. I recommend it for you. Yeah, I'd like to take a bath in it. That would be good. <laughs> anyway, sweatblock.com. Check this out. Sweatblock.com. Save 20% promo code Beck. Also found on Amazon. Which means Mr. Bill O'Reilly is joining us. We're going to get the news of the day from him, the biggest stories of the week. And there's, I mean, this is a hard choice this week again. Um, And we're going to talk to him about his new book that came out this week, Killing the Legends, the Lethal Danger of Celebrity, Muhammad Ali, Elvis, and John Lennon. Maybe, maybe we can get what's-her-face from uh, Joe Biden's speech this weekend, too. I don't... John Lennon, because he... Where is John Lennon? Is he around? Is he here? Uh, John Lennon, Bill O'Reilly, his new book, Killing the Legends. We'll talk to him about that after we get through the biggest story of the week in 60 seconds. Ah, you remember when hardworking, God-fearing, family-oriented people were living in this country and uh, they were the majority and shared something called American values, you know? When the idea of contributing to companies that promoted leftist, socialist, communist ideals was really pretty ridiculous. Yeah, those days aren't coming back. However, maybe they are if we create a parallel economy. They could be in front of us again. We need companies that are working to reestablish the rights and responsibilities that we all have given to us from God and enshrined in our Bill of Rights. Patriot Mobile shares those values, and they're not sending your hard-earned money to aid in the destruction of America. And here's a weird thing. For a major company not to hate you as its customer, 
How great is that? They have affordable plans for your budget. Excellent, excellent coverage. Top-notch U.S.-based customer service. And best of all, they're not donating your money to abortions. It is uh, PatriotMobile.com. They have something right for you and within your budget. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. You'll get free activation if you use the promo code Beck. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, how are you, sir? Here I am. Thank you for having me back. You bet. You bet. Um, uh, uh, Your check hasn't... uh, hasn't cleared yet so i don't know if you'll be back next week because you got to keep writing those well, I, checks i wrote Bill. that check uh to the haberdashery uh, company so that you could have some decent clothing okay you know I, <laughs> you're such a jerk have you seen back lately i mean remember that remember the word hobo remember that <laughs> so kind of get you uh up, up and running on the uh, wardrobe spectrum that's what happened there so bill the biggest story of the week got to be Ian, but, you know, how do you cover it? It's, you know, a, a act of God, and, you know, you lived in Florida, I lived in Florida. Yeah. You know, when you live there in California as well, anything could happen, um, and then it happens, and everybody's looking at one another. But there is some good news here that the federal and state governments do work in the capacity of getting help to people obviously these people's whole lives are destroyed now yeah they got to rebuild and that's just part of life um but you know that's the biggest story of of the week uh the second biggest story of the week is joe biden's continue continuing diminishment yeah in what way the mental diminishment or diminishment on the world stage well, I can't calibrate the world stage. He's doing the right thing in Ukraine um, because Putin is on the ropes. And we just talk about praying. If you're going to pray for something, he's got to go. And I'm hoping that the Russian people, you know, you don't get a lot of reporting out of there, but they, nobody can really be supporting Putin. And he looks terrible and he's so, hiding wait, out. Wait, 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 yeah, wait. Um, before you get into that, let's cover the Nord Stream pipeline. Who do you think did it? Who's responsible? Jill, Jill Biden did it. Jill was in the scuba. <laughs> no, come on, come on, come on. Who do you think did it? went on it? with a giant hat pin and just hanged <laughs> it. Is on, there, Beck. I mean, who, who the deuce knows who did it? Right. It's but leaking. do you think that it's we would have done that? Do you think we, I mean, no, no matter what I think about the left, I do yeah. think there are people that are, that are that nefarious, but I just can't see our Navy SEALs being ordered to do that and, and, and us doing that. No, I, I don't think that happened, okay? okay? But you know what the real uh, tragedy of this is? You can watch cable news and hear a half an hour of that. You, I mean, they just make this stuff up. Because the ratings are going down so quickly, and and they, they come on, oh yeah, this is what, and you're sitting there going, if there's no facts, which there aren't in this, okay, all you have to say is, gee, it's possible that maybe Putin went down in a diving belt, I, but you can't, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, come on. So we had uh, we just had Chris Stewart on, um, and. Uh, 
and he's a congressman. He's on the Intel Committee and a, a highly decorated Air Force colonel, I think. Um, and uh, he said, you know, there, there, we just we didn't do this. But he doesn't say who did it. Uh, and he didn't rule out that some of our money that we're just sending out with with no um, accountants uh, might have been used by some nefarious figure to uh, to do it. But his point was, doesn't matter. It means we're at the beginning of something very, very bad, not the end and wind down of a war. Well, look, it, Europe is going to suffer this winter as the people of Florida are suffering now. And some of us believe that okay, you had an opportunity to get away from Russia and you didn't. And so this is what happens when you dine with the devil. I know you're a big Machiavelli fan, Beck, Mm -hmm. but there's a very famous quote. If you dine with the devil, bring a long spoon. Because if you get into bed with these evil people, they will turn on you. And that is what's going to happen this winter in Europe. It's going to be Chile over there. Now, but here's the worst part of it. Two years ago, I just want everyone listening to Beck O'Reilly and Stu right now. Think back just two years ago. The United States had the most vibrant economy on the planet, on Earth. We were exporting oil and natural gas to foreign countries and reaping the benefits financially of that. One man gets elected president and destroys the entire economy in two years, including the fuel industry of the USA. How horrible is that? So if we were energy independent now, if Trump had been reelected, we would be making billions and billions of dollars and the Europeans would not be so chilly this winter. How does that? How does the German government uh, not get overthrown if tens of thousands of Germans freeze to death and they're not turning their their nuclear power plants back on? How, how? Look, it's up. It's up to them. I, I was in Germany a couple of years ago. Uh, it's it's like the United States. Have you got a phone in their hand? They're in there drinking the you know steins. I, I don't know what they're doing over there. Okay. But you're getting punished now because of foolish policy. Yeah. And maybe you guys want to wise up. Look, it's about America. Are we going to wise up in five weeks, Beck? No. On November 8th? Is this country going to wise up? I, I think I, it might. I think, it, I think it's going to go better than, uh, well, I don't even want to, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. I endorse all the Democrats. How's that? Because um, every time I endorse somebody, they lose. <laughs> so I endorse every Democrat. Um, I don't know. I hope my my feeling is watching things. People are waking up. I don't know how it plays out. But if everyone who wants to save the country isn't voting, they um, they're part of the problem. You've got to go out and vote. You have to. I can't understand how anybody could vote for a Democrat. And I'm not a party guy. You know that. Yeah. I don't the Republicans, I mean, are these geniuses? No, they're not. All right. But how could you? What do you? I don't know what the, the overall campaign slogan is. Hey, if you want less money, vote for the Democrats. 
Is that what they're campaigning on? If you want more bodies in the street, vote for us. We're going to have more dead people because we're not going to enforce the law. If you want 10 million undocumented migrants, vote for us because we're not shutting anything down. You like fentanyl? Vote for us. You'll have plenty of it. That's the Democratic platform. And then we're at that point. I've been doing this almost 50 years. I've never seen the kind of political insanity in America that I see today. And it's affecting every person. You are paying more for your cheeseburger. Hello? I can't believe. You're going to vote for Kathy Hochul in New York? And they might. I can't believe, Bill, that we are at a place to where we all agreed five years ago that pedophilia is bad is bad and should never be normalized. We knew that grooming children or showing children what what really is pornography, teaching them about sexual acts in the second grade, having trans uh, drag shows in school libraries and have them strip in front of little kids. We all knew that was wrong. All knew. I didn't change you changed Americans who have, for some reason, have gone down this road. They've gone down this road so far that they've had to just accept that this is OK now. And they know it's not. They know it's not. But if they can't turn the corner now, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, it's, they're too distracted to get involved. I don't think you're going to see a real high turnout in November I think Republicans will turn out more than Democrats. And here's what the polls never show. If the African immunity, uh, African-American community, which is getting hammered worse of all by the Democrats, if they stay home and that's not yeah. calibrated by polling, then it's a route. It's a route. And that could very well happen. All right, Bill O'Reilly, we'll be back with him in just a second. I want to tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Preborn. I was in one of the Preborn clinics yesterday. And uh, I have to tell you, Tanya was not feeling well yesterday, so she didn't go. She had a migraine and she couldn't come. And I got home and I told her about it. And she said, I wanted to go so bad. She's going to go back because I had one of the best experiences of my life. Um, This was such a happy place. Um, and they are saving babies left and right. And the key is ultrasounds. And now this is phenomenal because I remember my first child, uh, Mary, was born and we saw an ultrasound and they actually had to say they put a little arrow and it said leg, a little arrow head because you had to look through. It was like looking through a a black and white TV and all the snow and you just could barely make out the figure. Now they're 3D and There is no denying that that is a child. That's why 80%, 80% of the moms who see their children uh, on an ultrasound choose life because you just can't deny it. It's not a blob. It's a child. And these people were so kind and so positive and the place was so positive. Um, You know, a lot of these moms have never heard anybody say, I love you before. And, uh, it's 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 such a good thing. We will be greatly blessed, greatly blessed if we are working to save children's lives. 
preborn is there and they provide the ultrasounds and the people that do the ultrasounds. So please, let's save children. Please help prevent aborted babies. This can be done. We are trying to save um, 50,000 babies just from this show and 50,000 from the Blaze Network in a year. We are behind. We need your help now. Save a baby. Save a life. Go to preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Go there now. Use the keyword baby pound 250. Say baby. And you can donate whatever it is that you feel you can do. It's preborn.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. Bill O'Reilly is with us. Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity is his new book. It came out this week. John Lennon, Elvis Presley, and Muhammad Ali. Um, Bill, when I saw the movie on Elvis, I learned a lot. I did not know any of that about the colonel. Um, And I didn't know that Elvis, you know, went into or would have been bankrupt when he tried to leave the colonel um, and how badly he was used. Yeah, no, I mean, it's startling, and all three of them uh, were betrayed, uh, Elvis, Lennon, and Ali, by people close to them. All three of them were. But Presley, um, uneducated kid uh, from Mississippi, changes single-handedly American culture. That's why I wrote, I wrote the book. People say, okay, this is the 12th killing book, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. Well, why? This isn't history. Yes, it is. These three individuals changed the way we live in America to this day. And Elvis blew up the conformity culture of the 1950s, post-World War II, Dwight Eisenhower, everybody looked the same, sounded the same. In six minutes on the Ed Sullivan show, the whole culture crashed because rock and roll was here to stay, as Danny and the Juniors once sang. Okay? And Elvis surged, and at the same time, uh, in American society, pastors were saying he was an agent of Satan. They were burning his records. Parents were yelling at their boys, you can't slick your hair back or wear a leather jacket or sneer at me. The age of rebellion had begun. And, and Elvis Presley, for all his tragedy, was a titanic historical figure. He was. And that's why I wrote about it. But as far as the micro level is concerned, the... Tom Parker, his manager, took 50% of all his earnings plus expenses. Oh, my gosh. Parker was a criminal. He's a thief. And after Presley died at age 42, the Presley estate had to take Parker into court to get some of the money back. And But Elvis allowed it to happen. He signed the papers. It was insane. Because he was in over his head, celebrity crushed him. Okay, so hang on just a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. First of all, is Colonel Parker, is that true that he uh, left someplace in Europe because he killed somebody? Well, let's put it this way. He was a suspect in a murder in Holland. He absconded quickly. He got on a boat. He came to America. And he was an illegal alien. Unbelievable. Okay? Unbelievable. 
and he got a job in, a, in the carnival circuit. He was a carny. And he was associated with a guy named Eddie Arnold, a country singer, and discovered Elvis Presley. Parker had a shrewd eye for talent. And he got his hooks into Elvis and never let go. So his Elvis's estate, I just looked this up the other day. Elvis's estate in 1979 money, what was left was uh, about $4 million. It's about $25 million, $30 million in today's money. Um, so that's sizable. But his estate uh, in 1979 money, all of his, his records, all, his image and everything else would have been worth, I think it was $4 trillion dollars. Uh, right. In 1979, money, but Elvis Presley made more money than any uh, celebrity on the face of the earth for a period of about five or six years, and he came away with nothing. And it's a misleading misnomer when he when he died. Yeah, he was worth it, but that was because he had Graceland, yeah. the property. He had a private jet. He had a lot of stuff, but cash he didn't have because Parker was stealing it. Why? Because Parker was a degenerate gambler. Parker lost a million dollars a year in Vegas casinos. Wow. And part of the deal, reason that Elvis was in Vegas all the time, was that Parker made deals saying, I'll bring my boy in, but you give me unlimited credit in the casino floor. Unbelievable. I mean, when you read Killing the Legends, you think you know about Elvis and John Lennon and Muhammad Ali. You don't know. But also you don't know how they affected us. And how we live today. I mean, between 1964 and 69, American culture changed to sex, drugs, rock and roll. Largely because of the Beatles. And we have that today. Our permissive culture today stems from the 1960s. And the same kind of people, well, I can't say that. The Lizzo's of the world, the stars of today, are leading us into a deeper, darker place uh, than anybody was leading. Well, I can't say anybody because it was a pretty dark place with sex, drugs, and rock and roll in the 60s. Uh, But at least it was surrounded by, you know, oh, this is about love, man. Uh, Now it's just grotesque. Okay, we're going to come back with Bill O'Reilly and talk about Muhammad Ali and and John Lennon killing the legends, the lethal danger of celebrity. Um, He has... 18 number one bestsellers, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. This book is out uh, right now. It came out on Tuesday. Pick it up wherever you get your books. The Glenn Beck Program. One wrote in about his dog's experience with Rough Greens. He says, my dog Jojo was really starting to slow down with age, but then I gave him Rough Greens. Now I see him bark and run, and he chases the cat and jumps on the bed. Whereas before... He would just lay there. He seems so much happier now. I love my Jojo, and it makes me happy to see him acting like a puppy again. Juan, that is exactly what I found with Uno, and I did not expect it. I thought he was healthy and young acting, um, and then I started feeding him rough greens. Not only did he eat, and that was the first thing I saw in the first month. He ate every day. He ate every meal, and he licked the bowl. They never did that. Then after a month or two, I started seeing his energy level went through the roof. He was a different dog. And I realized, my gosh, he's never really been healthy his, his whole life because when I got him when he was three, he wasn't even this active. 
Rough Greens, not a dog food. It's a supplement that you put on the dog's food. Right now, Rough Greens will send you a free trial pack just to make sure your dog will eat it and likes it as much as Uno does. The trial bag is free. You just pay for shipping. If they like it, get the full bag and watch the difference in your dog. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. More with Bill O'Reilly coming up. We're with uh, Bill O'Reilly. Um, you know, people say all the time, gee, I'd like to be a star like so-and-so. I'd love to have their life. I don't think you would. Um, you know, you usually sacrifice things. There's a reason why people make the money that they make. And it's not just because they can draw a crowd. Um, it is because um, uh, you are you're giving up so many things that most people would not be willing to give up. Uh, and you are surrounded um, by. We used to always have an open house. We always love to have people over at our house. We don't have people at our house anymore. And that's because we've been betrayed by so many people that we thought were friends or whatever. And Tanya has truly changed because of my job. Um, you know, she takes protecting the family and protecting me very seriously. And uh, so we just we don't we don't do we never have people over at the house and I really hate it. Um, but she she is that's the way she's changed. And well, listen back. You and I are parallel. Um, we both became famous on television doing commentary. Um, I don't know about you, but I was foolish. And I was naive, and I think I'm a pretty savvy kind of guy. I have a Harvard degree, and I had no blanket idea how hateful some people could be. And how greedy, and, and how greedy, and how willing people are to, right, to latch on. All different, all different ways, and, it, and family is collateral damage. Yeah. So Elvis Presley's daughter was collateral damage. John Lennon's son, Julian, collateral damage. Ali, four wives, nine kids, um, all of them harmed because it is an unnatural state to be famous. And people don't see you as a person any longer. You yes. are a thing. You're a product. You're a thing. Yeah. I, I, had somebody tell me, I had somebody tell me once, you make it too easy to abuse. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, and he said, y you, you just can do anything. You just keep going and going. And so we just keep piling it on. And, and I was like, but do you ever think that maybe you'll kill me and I'll be over? And they don't care. They, some yeah, people really don't care. They don't care. Listen, I've been through hell. You've been through hell. I'm not whining about it. No, neither I'm am I. I'm not whining about it. No, neither right? am I. And I don't see Presley, Lennon, and Muhammad Ali and killing the legends no. and victims. Okay? They had to know what was happening to them, and they succumbed to it. All right? And what I had to do was just hire a battery of lawyers and pay them millions yeah. of dollars to protect me and my family, and I did. Correct, yeah. No, but, but, but you know, I had to do it. Muhammad Ali, was he... I mean, because... Um, you want to talk about killing him uh, in your book. You talk about the thriller in Manila, right? 
and how that almost killed him. I've done in my life the first seven pages of Muhammad Ali's chapter, uh, not chapter, but section of the book, The Thriller in Manila. Ali was almost killed by Joe Frazier. And that's medically documented. And Frazier almost went blind because of the beating he took from Ali in the same fight. Now, Dr. Ferdy Pacheco, who was an honest man and Ali's personal physician, told both Ali and the Nation of Islam, which ran Ali, Mm. that you cannot put this man back in the ring for at least a year. Four months later, who's back in the ring? So it was the same thing that happened to Elvis. You had Ali being controlled by Herbert Muhammad, the son of the leader of the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad. And you know who uh, runs the Nation of Islam now, Beck? You know? Yeah, Farrakhan. Farrakhan. So that tells you what kind of an organization that is and was. So Ali did what he was told, this big, strapping, charismatic uh, man who actually, he wasn't. A hater. He didn't hate Whitey, but his whole crew did. But more importantly to them, Ali brought in millions and millions of dollars, which they took. Can I? Can... And so Ali was utterly dependent. His life hurtled into chaos. He was in the ring getting the hell beat out of him long after he should have been, and his brain got destroyed. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to him. Bill, in your and research, then, did, you, did you ever go into any of or find anything on the Howard Cosell relationship? Because Howard Cosell died alone and friendless as well. And, and yeah. it was... I mean, Cosell, I did the last interview with Howard Cosell before he died. Did you really? And, and Cosell um, was a shrewd, and he was addicted to fame too. He was absolutely addicted to it. Um, just like Donald Trump and Joe Biden are, by the way. Um, and Cosell and, and Ali used each other. But it wasn't in a, a nefarious way. way. Right. Yeah, it was more, hey, we're going to become very famous and it'll translate into dollars for us. So here's our shtick and here we go. Right. Um, one last one. I didn't know John Lennon, and maybe I'm the only one. I had no idea he was addicted to heroin. No one did. So that's the key to Lennon. Lennon and McCarty show up in America in 1964. Between 64 and 1970, the entire culture changes here again. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, which we have now. Okay? That has never gone away. The Beatles were the spear point, Magical Mystery Tour, Sergeant Pepper, all of that. The Beatles functioned as a unit fairly well until Yoko Ono came on the scene. Because Lennon was gregarious, he was a wise guy, but he liked to engage. Once Ono came on, and she's still alive, okay, then Lennon was isolated. Lennon withdrew. And, and why is that? Because that nobody liked her? Is that because nobody liked her? Well, she was a controlling or is a controlling individual. Uh, she, like Herbert Muhammad and Tom Parker, pretty much told John Lennon what to do, and he did it. Mm. 
but she didn't steal money from her or anything like that. Right. There's no financial. But somewhere in that period, John Lennon became a heroin addict. And that rattled the Beatles so much, that's what broke them up. But it was suppressed. Nobody wrote about it. So, and the only way we confirmed it, Dugard and I, was we got a hold of his heroin dealer. Geez. The man who sold him and Ono apparently did some of that too, but I don't think she was addicted to the extent that Lennon was. Well, I mean, um, did you find? It's hard to find. Did you look up heroin dealers in the yellow page? How did you find his Beth, heroin? You know me. I'm, yeah. I'm one of the best reporters in the world. Yeah, I'll, uh-huh. I'll find you. I will find you. Uh-huh. And we we knew that the heroin was in play, but we had to get a primary source, right? Which we did. That's why the Killing Books are the most successful book series of all time, Beck. There it is. So uh, he, towards the end of his death, he's still putting music out, but he's is he really functional? Yes, he kicked it, the habit. Oh, he did. Lennon kicked it. Um, but, and, and, and his life was on an upswing. But he was still isolated in the Dakota apartment building in New York City. And, but he walks out, and there's Chapman there sitting there and, and blows, blows him away. Like any celebrity could happen any day in this country. And that is why this, uh, you know, I, I, t- I titled it The Lethal Danger of Celebrity. When I go out, when you go out, we have to be aware of what's happening around us. I mean, we have to. And, and that changes, as you said. That changes the whole dynamic of your life. Yeah, I, I was really, I was shocked. Well, I went to uh, Italy recently with my wife, and I thought for sure I wouldn't be recognized or anything else. And I thought that would be, you know, uh, and uh, I was recognized and stopped all the time. And I honestly, I thought of people like Elvis or Michael Jackson, people with real fame. Uh, my gosh. No, you have real fame. No, I mean, don't. No. Yes, you do, because of television. Yeah. Television is so powerful yeah. um, that you may not think, you know, look, I'm not comparing myself to. No, it, and we're not. We're not. I mean, people who but people uh, know who we are. Yeah. In every yeah. Corner. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill, uh, just one last trivia question for you. Do you know who signed the peace treaty? I think it was on the Missouri uh, for World War One for the um, imperial. um uh, King of Japan. Godzilla. No. Yoko no, Ono's uncle. Did you know Very that? Very good, Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate it. Hey, I can't thank you. I want wait, wait, back before you dump me off. Thank you for discussing my book because Glenn Beck listeners actually buy and read books. And it's a very important program. Well, can I tell you? I really can I tell you something, Gavin? Bill? I don't see, I don't see even a quote from me on the back of your book. Okay, I don't even see that. I don't. There's no. I didn't think. I didn't think no, you wanted the notoriety. No, here's the deal. I, I I'm never going to mention your books again unless I get to put a quote and the quote I want on oh, the back God. of your next book. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to be the quote I want. Because uh, I've already written it in my head. So, I bet you. I bet yeah, oh, I have. I have. I have. So, you know, 
Enjoy that next right, book. Have a good all weekend. All right, brother. Bye bye. Uh, all right. Patricia wrote about her experience with Relief Factor. She said, I had regular, brutal pain in my knees and my hips. I'm 72. I just told myself, that's what happens when you get older. When I heard you talking about Relief Factor, Glenn, I was skeptical. I thought it'd be worth a try, but it turns out 72 is young enough to be out of pain. In just a couple of weeks, I felt back to normal. Thank you. You are welcome, Pat. Thank you for trying it. Relief Factor is not a drug. It was developed by doctors, and it has four key ingredients that fight inflammation, which is the source of most of the pain that we deal with and also the source of most of our disease. Three-week quick start developed for you, $19.95. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. You take it three times a day for those first three weeks. And if it's not working for you in three weeks, it's probably not going to. But if it does, if you see any improvement at all, Relief Factor might give you your life back. And about 70% of the people find that relief. 800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. The number four. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Um, my neighbors are being alerted by the town I live in um, that uh, if you hear several shots from a howitzer, we're not under attack. Uh, really? Yeah. It's um, how do they know? Well, it's it's homecoming, uh, and uh, last year we went to a place here. Texas takes their football extraordinarily seriously yes they do uh it is unlike anything i've ever seen ever and uh so last week last year we went to uh, my son's on a team my daughter's and cheerleading and uh and so we went to a game and uh at this team's uh homecoming they had a uh, an old uh civil war cannon and i thought that was really cool and uh so we were talking in the stands, and a bunch of us parents said, we, we, should, we should get a cannon for homecoming next year. And I said, yeah, good, good, yeah, good, good, good idea. And uh, so I, I called up a friend of mine, and I said, hey, you have a tank, don't you? And he said, he said yeah, yeah, I got a tank. Obviously, who yeah, doesn't? Who doesn't have a tank? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, so it, it, the, the town said no to the tank. What? And, yeah. Why? Yeah, it'll tear up the roads or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then uh, a, he said, but I, I, I have a howitzer. And so um, we're to the football game tonight. We're bringing a howitzer. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, some and we're for- loading it with real shells, too. But it's just a farm. Down across the street. Okay. There's going to be some big holes in the crops. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, you can hear it for five miles. Really? Yeah. So every time they get a touchdown, and I told my son, you guys better get touchdowns. That would be a real waste if they get shut out. Real real waste. Uh, I'm going to be bringing a suitcase nuke uh, to our game this weekend. Yeah. Every time we get a touchdown, (laughs) we nuke another city. 
It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> but it's going to be the rival city. Yeah, a right. A nuke will go off in the rival city. Because <laughs> it also demoralizes the other team. It does. You know they, like, mean? they don't have a place to go home yeah, to, you yeah. know? So it's, it yeah. works out really yeah. well. So that's an interesting... We got that going for us. Yeah. I would assume that's... Um, that's pretty impressive to see. I, I had a friend. I don't know. I've never seen. I've never seen one. But I saw the pictures. There's a giant flame that comes out of the uh, the end of the uh, howitzer. So have, it could be. It, it would be fun. A friend of mine from high school went through. He some he went through some meteorology path and wound up in Utah, um, uh, where he would. <laughs> the way he described it to me was he'd basically be on one mountain and they'd close the street. In between the two mountains, and then they'd fire a howitzer at the other mountain to start an avalanche, start an avalanche. Uh, so yeah, they could yeah, control yeah, yeah. the avalanches. This was like part of right. his job every day, and I was like, yeah. "That sounds like the greatest job <laughs> in the world, it? other than it being too cold." Yeah, it sounds incredible. <laughs> it does. I'd love that job. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know. Probably there's a lot of snow cleanup that comes after this that would probably suck. But yeah. shooting the actual howitzer at a mountain, at a mountain would be great, and like it's allowed. Yeah, you should come to homecoming tonight. That would be cool because uh, you know. You could fire off. And if they're not winning, I'm just going to start firing it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Usually like when they're they're about to kick a field goal. Yeah. Uh, the other team's about to kick it. I can't then believe you fire it. it off to we, distract them. So many parents were like, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like all of the guys, all of the guys, all the dads were like, oh, yeah, I'm in on that. Let's go. <laughs> uh, all right. Back in just a minute with the final hour of the week.